In episode 1.4 of Unshuffled, we have a track-by-track discussion of the fourth Atomic Bitchwax album, Tab 4. But first, as always, here's our awesome intro music from Seven Planets. Scotty D. Matt, how are you? Good. Chris Kosnick's got a Mellotron. I know. Uh, I, you you jumped. That's the first thing you said that I was going to. I. All right. I, I. That's So I did go down that rabbit hole. I did go down the rabbit hole of what exactly is a Mellotron and what does it sound like. And I did. I did start watching and I should have put him in the show notes. I will. I started watching these videos. There's this guy and he's got this YouTube channel dedicated to him just sort of faffing around on a Mellotron playing all these, you know, all these different songs and playing them all on the Mellotron. It's a really, it's a bizarre, like the sound, I know the sound, but the actual to see the instrument itself, it's a bizarre instrument that I'm kind of, I'm really fascinated by. When are we and getting a, on is the question. There's a, there's a tape. When are, when are we getting one? I'll see what I can do. They're huge. Or at least the one this guy plays is huge. Good. Um, so, Bring yeah. It on. Anyway, that's, that, man, I've got, I've got so much to say about the Mellotron. Mm-hmm. So, but well, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it for when the time comes. Yeah. Um, anyway, nice to speak to you again. It's been three weeks since the last one. Yes, I have. I've been in my quarantining. I've been being shuffled from quarantine house to quarantine house. Mm. So that's yeah. I think three weeks is too long, personally. But um, yes, uh, I let's try and make it less than three for the next one. Right, right. Two's about the optimal, I find. Two's about the optimal, but we'll talk about that, I suppose, by the end, won't we? When we're Mm -hmm. discussing what things are going to look like. With this yep. next, with this next one, yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you coping with the whole uh, COVID thing? It's it, it's it's I I'm I don't know what you're hearing where you are, but it's it's very politicized where I am mm-hmm. in the U.S. Um, in the U.S. and it's it adds an additional layer of stress and concern that mm-hmm. um i guess that i hadn't i hadn't considered prior to to coming here i'm i'm in a state right now we're currently in vermont where um it is respected as as a serious threat uh, my family however is in a state where it's not and so um that's a little disconcerting as well, okay. but well, we'll see where this goes. It, right. it, uh, it it unfortunately has become politicized where I am. Yeah, um, I don't know where it's looking. What it looks like on the ground where you are. Uh, well, I wouldn't know. I haven't left our front gate for like <laughs> a month, but um, yeah, I mean, within our little walls here, everything's just fine and dandy. But I'm sure 
on the other side, things are getting worse. Right. Hopefully they don't get too bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, worrying times. Thankfully we've got uh, a good band and uh, plenty of albums to listen to. So let's get into the fun side of life and let's start talking about some music. Let's Let's do it. We are unshuffled, if you haven't listened to us before. Uh, we're all about intentional listening here. We've picked a band, The Atomic Bitchwax is our first, and we're working through uh, their catalogue, album by album, track by track, um, and listening intentionally along the way. So taking the time to sit down and listen to the whole album from start to finish as much as we can. Um, and every couple of weeks we'll give our thoughts on on an album. So today we're up to the fourth album, uh, which is called Tab 4. Is that what we're calling it? That's what it seems to be called, the tab standing for the Atomic, the atomic Bitch Wax. Yep. Uh, or I have seen it with T4B with a sort of stylized. Oh, yeah. That. Seen that as well. Mm. Um, um, but, yeah, we're up to the fourth one. So... Um, Getting, what are we, sort of halfway through just about? I uh, think there are, there's two more full length and then there's the extended single. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're getting there, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Three more full length, I think. Oh, all right then. Oh, no, no, well, okay. No, there's one coming out in May. Re oh, so, oh, so you did see a release date on that. I had uh, heard it was supposed to come out this year, but I didn't know when. Yeah, no, I saw an interview with Chris Kosnick um, just earlier this evening. I, I found it on YouTube um, where he talks about coming out in towards the end of May. So we'll see how we're going by that okay. by that stage. Something to look forward uh, to. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Might be well so, timed. Maybe it'll come out just like just, <laughs> just in time. Yeah. Um, well, so this one actually, speaking of release dates. Mm. Uh, this yeah, you one want to talk us through talk us through the um, sort of details of the album. Well, so this one we're almost to the day eleven years from when it was released. It's as it's April eighteenth as we speak. Mm -hmm. and this was released on April twenty first of two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. So this is a, a springtime album. Right. Um, the again recorded at Red Bank Studios in New Jersey. Uh, again, with the assistance of, of Eric Rochelle, again, though primarily produced by the band. Um, we've got the, we'll talk about the artwork here in a second, but I'm curious, I, I could not find the artist for this. So I'm curious to know if you could um, when, we, when we have that conversation. Uh, and then as far, yeah, go ahead. For the octopus. Yeah, well, there's actually two releases of this, right? See, I... Yes, I guess you found I could not find and I found that you had even linked it in the show notes. But uh -huh. even when I clicked on it, I, I don't I can't find the the different artwork. Oh, OK. So the original was released a year. It may have even been 2008 um, on Meteor City. Um, hmm. And the artwork for that was the uh, was the computer from. 2001 a space odyssey the hell 9000 oh 
but they changed the uh, at the top. It just it said tab 004. Um, huh. Now that was a limited release, one thousand copies only on Meteor okay. City. I think at that time, the record label was starting to run into some financial difficulties. Maybe that's a reason for the limited release. Um, and I've actually got a bit of a theory about this album. I think it was this, there was some unfortunate timing about this album in three ways, which I'll get into in a moment. But, yeah, they, they originally released it on Meteor City, a thousand copies only, and then about a year later they they released the Octopus cover, remastered, I think, changed the um, order of the songs and and changed the artwork, G gave it the um, sort of vintage Octopus artwork that mm -hmm. uh, that we've seen on our version. Okay, I because that link that that you have uploaded the. It doesn't. The image won't show up for me on my side. I'm not getting it to to open up. Okay, well, I'll, just... I'll, I'll, I'll keep looking for that. I'm mm -hmm. I'm curious to see it. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. Did you see the changed uh, song I, listing? I did. Yes, I've, I've seen that, and I I think that um, I mean we can talk about that, but I definitely think I think that the 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 reorganization was for the better. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I think a song like Pawn Shop that needs that needs to be at the end, not at the beginning. Oh, yes, I couldn't believe it. when I saw it. I thought, what? What are what were they doing? Anyway, right. um, I'm I'm glad that I didn't hear that song first because it might have sort of coloured my opinion for for the first few listens at least. Right. Right. Um, and I, can't, I don't I don't know how you couldn't, and maybe I'm jumping ahead of here, but. I don't know how you couldn't start this album with anything but revival. Yeah, great. It's a great opening track, um, and and very like instantly grabs you. Uh, we'll get into that in a moment. I'll just give you my three wave theory on the album before we start the track by track, if you don't mind. Yep. I think this album suffered um, because of three waves that happened to be crashing at the same time. Firstly was the record label itself, Meteor City, was starting to have trouble. And I, I, have rem I do remember, I think it was this band talking about, you know, having trouble getting paid um, and, and all sorts of difficulties that the, that the label was ha having, um, which I think is reflected in some of the mistakes that were made in that original release. I think the genre as a whole was starting, you know, the stoner rock genre was starting to die off a little, perhaps run its course, and um, people were starting to feel that there wasn't much more to offer in the genre as a whole. And the centrepiece of the genre is was the stonerrock.com website, which was also starting to uh, run its course. Um, and then, I mean, even more broadly than that, Albums themselves were in a lot of trouble at the time. Uh, and in the show notes, I've linked to some articles. You know, there were a lot of articles towards the end of the 2000s um, talking about the death of the album and how uh, iPods and uh, iTunes had kind of killed the idea of, of an album as a whole. And I think I'm hoping now it's starting to have some sort of a 
revival, to use uh, the bitchwax uh, term. Hmm. Um, but I think those three waves sort of together conspire to to um, really affect this album at the time. I I think I agree with everything you're saying, and I'm thinking about some of this was also a moment where a lot of there was sort of that stoner rock genre was kind of it had had its place sort of in the niche and in the underground and some of the bands like queens of the stone age um were store starting to find that kind of commerciality accessibility in their songwriting and mm-hmm. it it did feel like and i don't know if it was you know, 2009, 2008, but it was definitely kind of the end of the 2000s there, beginning of the 2010s, where the, it started to become more marketable and less raw. Yep. Um, I think what the, which is a great, I, I, enjoy, I really enjoyed the Them Crooked Vultures album, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but that definitely sent, that sent Queens of the Stone Age in a different direction. Mm-hmm. By the time Josh Homme came back to that, yep. Um, so yeah, I think I think you're right. I do think that there was. I think that there was. We definitely had the dec- decline of the record, which I think we'd had for a while. And mm-hmm. I think, and I, and I think we're probably still in it, to be honest with you. Um, but I think it'll come back. I think all of these things are cyclical, and I think it's just it's going to take somebody to with intentionality create that album that just sort of latches on where people sort of jump back into it and i think there is still i mean like the new two album tool album that just came out i mean there are bands that are still intentionally doing it yep but um i think we'll see it i I, i'm assuming we'll see it come back and maybe maybe it's now maybe take something like this Mm. where there's all this talk of which seems drastic but there is talk of um Will we ever be able to see live music again? Hmm. Will will restaurants ever open again? Will there ever be a moment where we're all able to gather together in masses in one in, in, in a shared experience? And and I it seems a little hard to grasp that the answer to that would be no. Hmm. Um, but uh, it, it's but it might be a while it might be a while before we're able to go out and see live music and feel comfortable and confident and just be able to actually enjoy so in the meantime what what are these bands doing are they just are they just going to pump out singles or are they going to i don't know hone the, hone the craft yeah i think people are rediscovering this album hopefully this podcast plays a role or even starts the uh, the revolution back towards the album. So uh, hopefully we're part of that revival. Now, speaking of revival, should we get into the track by track? We should, but there's one huge thing that we've not, we've not yet mentioned that What's we probably that? should have mentioned in the credits. What's that? Um, we've once again changed band members. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We, we do need to discuss that. So we've got we've got Chris Kozenek on bass, vocals, and as mentioned, the Mellotron. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Finn Ryan again on guitar, vocals, and he's brought in some piano mm-hmm. now. Um, and 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 we've lost uh, we've lost Keith Ackerman. Yeah, he's he's gone on and he's joined the band Solace, I believe. Um, and Bob Pantella from Monster Magnet has is now 
is now on drums. Mm-hmm. And so we've woven now we're back into the we're back into the throes of monster magnet again, right? Because yeah. it was that that third album was the only album in their existence up till this point where they were not sort of interwoven with monster magnet. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now and now they're woven back into the thread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah, and it, you know, I mean, Ackerman's a big loss for the band. Um, uh, we, you know, we, we can perhaps talk more Pantella later, but maybe in the band Brownlow towards the end. All right. Um, but yeah, so we're now down to one third of the original lineup. Right. Uh, and, you know, we're also 10 years on, right? So it's a good decade has passed. Uh, the other thing to discuss just quickly, I mean, there's two lots of artwork, but um, the Vintage Octopus. Yeah. I, yeah. I I like it. Yeah. I, I did. I actually, I, I, I really wanted to figure out who did it. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I like the Vintage Octopus. And I like the fact that they've sort of broken the mold that they, you know, they've broken out of the... Straight jacket um, of having to have a girl on the cover now. They've got something different, and it sort of, um, I think, send signals their intentions of doing something different with this album. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I have my my physical copy of um, we talked about this last time of the first Atomic mm-hmm. Bitchwax album. Yep, and sort of where I'm living, um, it it was left out on the mm. table. Oh no. And, it, and I've got there's a there's a trio of of young nieces that come over quite often to play with my children and and that caused that caused a bit of an uproar um, <laughs> amongst amongst them and uh, and so I quickly I put it away. Yeah. Um, th- th- this is one finally there's an album cover now that I I, I could leave it out and it wouldn't. Yeah. be that big of a deal. My son's been asking actually for the album with the octopus. He, he he's started to quite like it himself so yeah I, I think he likes sea creatures generally so this one kind of yeah. appeals to him right right all right so now revival revival <clears throat> the i th- so my my fr- this this i mean just knowing that the um that uh the track that this wasn't the top of the original track list and i think i had already said what i wanted to say about this is that i I don't see how you could really start the album with any other song this i think this is the song that has to start the album Mm -hmm. um middleman which i think was the original track one and i'll talk we can talk about that when we get there oh i'm sorry pawn shop you're right pawn shop which that 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 was correctly moved to the the last track that's yep. that's exactly where that needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but and then in, and I think middleman is best in the middle as well. Hmm. So I, I think doing the, the the bringing this up to the top is it, the way that it starts. Um, what was the first thing that in. came into your head when you first heard it? I, so I I wasn't by the time we get to run is where um track nine i had processed what i was really thinking mm-hmm. um it was i i there was kind of a uh, <laughs> when i heard it I'm, really? i was just yeah i kind of 
it, it felt like it was getting going back to that whole sort of marketability commerciality. Um, it, it felt like it was going in that direction. Right. And, and, and I'll, and I'll explain, I, I've reconciled. So I'm just, I'm, that was my first reaction. I, mm-hmm. I did reconcile that. And by the time we, I got to run, I was able to really fully appreciate what they were doing. And I'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Um, but my, my first instinct when I first heard this was just like, ah, all right, I guess this is where this is going. Did you think Bowie in the vocals? No, I didn't. Because um, you, you put Bowie into my head from the last podcast. Right. I just thought, man, that sounds like Bowie. See, I did not. For me, it sounded like Stone Temple Pilots. Ah, okay. Like later Stone Temple. There's two songs on here. And this is the better of the other one that I'll talk about. But two of the songs on here sound like kind of more of um this one could have been one of the singles for Stone Temple Pilots, but when we get to the other song where it just it sounds like a throwaway on a Stone Temple on a later Stone Temple Pilots album. Right. Because at first I I just thought, man, he sounds so much like Bowie that it was almost distracting for me. I, I was like Am I going to be able to like this thing? Like, but I grew to like this song. Um, there's a lot in this that I that I liked, um, mm. and I mean, I've listened. Three weeks is a long time to listen to an album. I've listened to this, well, not hundreds, but tens of times now. Right, right. But, I mean, the lyrics here. I mean, this this is the first time we've heard anything like these lyrics. We were starting to see some better lyrics on the last album, but here we are. This is some really yes. poetic stuff. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and singing about you know sirens calling from the rocks and some really beautiful vocals, flipping locks of blonde and straw and brown and red. Um, there's some the the production really stood out to me here. It's a beautiful, rich production. Um, those layered vocals are back from the previous album, some subtle harmonies through the verses. There's a real depth, I thought, to this song um, and a kind of emotional maturity that we haven't yet seen from the band. So everything you're saying now is, and I'm just going, again, I'm giving you sort of my first impressions. All of these realizations, it was on my first listen of this album, um, cause when I'm, as I'm listening and I'm sort of just jotting down notes, all of these revelations, I finally gave them credit for by track nine mm-hmm. is where all of a sudden it was just sort of listening and going, man, they, they have honed, they, they've sort of sharpened this, their yep. songwriting. They, they now are, these are, they're properly songwriting now. These aren't, these aren't jam sessions with the except of maybe giant, um, these aren't sort of jam sessions that are just being captured and put on the album. There's this, the spontaneity is definitely gone. This is, this is meticulous. This is thought through. This is layered. The melodies, they've got the melodies down. Um, Kosnick who, who wasn't, who seemed to be a singer by default previously, he's actually, he's gotten better at what he's doing. Very good. His heart, his harmonies are good. Um, 
And in the craft work of this of the song of all of these songs is a reminder that as you said, 10 years have passed since the first album. Yeah. It's not 10 years together, but 10 years have passed. Yeah. And Finn Ryan and and Chris Kosnick, their sort of their workings and their inner workings as a songwriting team is yeah. definitely, definitely present on this album. Mm-hmm. And I do think the two of them work better together they're working together better in the craft on this album than they were in the third album. I feel like the third album was maybe a little Finn Ryan heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one, it, it does seem like it's, it's the two coming together. Yeah. I also, just a, another thing on this song, I thought the, the Mellotron itself gave an, a lovely sort of orchestral uh, flavor to the song. Um, there's some beautiful playing by Finn Ryan throughout. It's, it's a really nice, just a, a, an emotional song, a, a sort of mature song. I, I, I ended up, and I didn't at first because of that Bowie thing, but I ended up really liking this song. Mm-hmm. I, I do now. I, yes, I do. But again, as I said, the first listen was, and, and can we move on to track two? Because this is yep. where I'm also, so track two is Supercomputer. Yep. And track two for me, sounded a bit more like the old uh atomic bitch wax yep yeah that's all there's definitely old bitch wax right and it it i found that i liked revival better than i liked track two yep and so when i got to track two supercomputer and i was listening to it and i was like ah here we go here we go mm. and then kind of went back and listened again and was like i you know actually i'm not i'm not sure that that song fits yeah, just totally. in the in in the sound of things. Yeah, so we've got new new bitch wax and we've got old bitch wax. So yeah, I mean, let's talk supercomputer computer briefly. It's an instrumental. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got those trademark uh, cosmic runs throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's enough variation, I thought, through the song to maintain interest for the three or so minutes that it goes for. I thought it was a good track. I. I I don't know that it's a memorable track, right? Um, but I, you know, it's it's an enjoyable song and a reminder of what the band used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, certainly not my favorite song on the album, right? Uh, track three, yeah, don't do it. So this is the one um, in one of the releases of this. The band actually, and I I put it the feelers out on Twitter, but. Unfortunately, no one ever got back to me, but I, I was hoping to find it. They put out the the full Pro Tools 18-track um, file with, you know, the, I was going to load it into Garage, but we could have given it the full Rick Beato treatment. Like, uh, here, listen to these hand claps or whatever. Like, listen to this keyboard. Uh, it says suspended seventh or whatever he says, but uh, I would have loved to have gotten that. They did release it, which I thought was really unusual, and they actually invited their fans to sort of remix it themselves. So, um, uh, this is Cosmic singing this one, right? Uh, I've got, I've in my notes, I've got Finn Ryan singing. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, I have a que- I have a question mark after this- I said, "Is Kosnick singing this?" And this was my realization that 
he's a much stronger singer now than right. he was before. No, because maybe, maybe it, I have a question mark too. Finn Ryan singing question okay. mark. <laughs> Neither of us know. There's also some yeah. keyboard. To me, this sounds like a song from Three. It's got yeah. that breezy sort of. Um, uh, we spoke about. We used that word a lot last last album. Breezy. And it's got a sort of breeziness to this song. I do love the dueling solo, mm -hmm. the guitar solo, and the. I can't tell if that's just a key, a straight keyboard or the Mellotron. But there's that. I can't really see where. It, but there's that sort of dueling solo kind of in the middle of the song that I quite yeah. enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's keyboard, uh, and I think that's Finn Ryan playing that, right? So he's dueling with himself. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, would have loved to, you know, hopefully one day I will, if anyone ever is listening to this in the future, in the year 2050, chase me up. <laughs> um, uh, it, uh, it, it's not a bad song. I, look, um, so now we've got, you know, the, with the first song we had new, new bitch wax. Second song we had old bitch wax and don't do it was, just new bitch wax, which was, you know, the, recent the bitch wax. Yeah. So we've now got three incarnations of the band in, in the first three songs. So I think it was a good, good timing for the cover here, just to give right. us a spell. So track four. Yeah. Astronomy Domine. Astronomy Domine. Mm -hmm. um, so when <laughs> I, I was in, high school i was uh i had a group of friends we were all we were all in music we all played in bands we all had various things that we were interested in and, and sort of directions that we took the bands that we were in mm. and uh we i guess this would have been just right around the time of graduation because we we all a bunch of us lived in a house together mm -hmm. and that whole first we had all of our instruments set up on the first floor and we would just, we would all just sort of get together and jam. And three of the guys had a band and it was completely a hundred percent inspired by Pink Floyd's Astronomy Domine. Oh, really? And I gotta be honest with you. I did not like this song then. <laughs> and I do not like this song now. Oh. It has nothing to do with Atomic Bitchwax. But I remember that song used to just drive me out of my head every time. And because then the guys that I was, some of the other guys that were living in the house that I was playing with, we were playing, uh, like we would just jam through, you know, Stooges Funhouse album. And, yep. and, and, and that was sort of, that was the, the avenue we were going. And then these other guys were sort of going more the psychedelic kind of Sid Barrett era, uh, Pink Floyd. And I remember it was just like, come on already. <laughs> so anyway, there's there's my thought. I had never when, heard the song before I heard okay. it before I heard this version. Um so yeah, I didn't come in with the same prejudice against the original. Uh, I love the sound of uh the drums on this album. Um mm -hmm. there, there must be a really good drum tech in that studio. It was the first time I really noticed Pantella's uh the drums is like, oh, that sounds good. And you know, I hadn't really noticed him much up to that point. Um, I quite liked the song, actually. I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it's that trippy sort of space rock um, vibe to it. Um, it was an interesting cover choice. 
I think to me it it updated and added to the original, which is something I I always look for in a in a in a cover. You know, I want it to be faithful to the original material, but I don't, but I want it to be I want to have some reason to listen to it and not the original. And I thought it gave me that with even just with the sort of modern production techniques. Um, there were some nice guitar effects. There's that bit in the song where it all stops and then there's a sort of echoing guitar uh, effect from Finn Ryan. I, I quite enjoyed this. You know, I, I almost thought this might be my favourite cover so far. It's either this or Play the Game off the second album. Mm-hmm. Um, are the standouts as far as their covers you know, and there's one on each album. They're, they're my two favourite covers. Maybe this one. Oh, I don't know. No, Play of the Game is still my favourite, the Atomic Rooster cover. But this, I, I enjoyed it and um, I thought it was faithful but added to the original and a, a worthwhile uh, a worthwhile cover. But it left me at the end of the song having enjoyed it, thinking, now, what's next? Are we going to get old, new or new, new? What's coming next? I, you know, I, you know, at this point, I've got no idea here what's coming next in the album. And um, and then we get sometimes Wednesday. So this <laughs> this next one and the one after, I have very cleverly, and you'll you'll laugh at my pun here, called the homage because uh, I just saw a big Josh Homme influence in the next. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, the yeah, next. I what you did there. Well, the next two songs. Um, so, yeah, Sometimes Wednesday is the next song. How did you go with Sometimes Wednesday? This is the one that I felt. There was Stone Devil Pilots did an album probably around the same time, maybe? No, maybe <laughs> earlier. Um, I think it was called, like, it had, some, it had a woman and her head was on, like, Shangri-La-Di-Da or something like that. And, and the album title, uh, anyway... It felt like an album of just kind of throwaway tracks where the band was trying to trying to put itself back together and find its relevancy and was sort of struggling to do so. Um, and I it sound this song kind of sounded like it could have been something off of that album where it just it didn't. This one didn't do it for me. This track okay. really it just didn't do it for me. Whereas Middleman, the next track. Um, I did like, and I, and I think, I think I might've heard a little bit of the, the baseballs make a, a bit of a reappearance on, on middleman. Um, well, and, and I yeah, like, so before, like we, before we get on to middleman, my, my thoughts on, I, I'm, I, I really like sometimes Wednesday, so I don't want to just jump off that just yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't make the, the um, the same connection. Uh, you did. I, to me, it was. Either Queens of the Stone Age or Eagles of Death Metal, maybe a little bit, with the hand claps. Um, I thought it was a great, fun track. I mean, yes, it's a little derivative, um, but I really loved the verses, like fun lyrics, and it also thought it had a great groove to it. I thought it was kind of in the same way that some of Josh Holmes were, work is it had a sort of sexiness to it it was a real kind of hip moving song i could see this being great on a dance floor you know at a, at a sort of rock club late at night um 
I really enjoyed this. You know, it's got those fun hand, hand claps and, I, you know, I thought it was a fun song. So derivative, yes, but I um, I ultimately thought, who cares? I just really like liked the song and, and thought it was I – I had a really good time with the song. So there you go. We disagree. <laughs> we disagree. Uh, whereas Middleman, I liked. I I think it had a cool. Um, I liked the the sort of that the baseline that kind of drove through the entire song. Yep. Um, I liked that there. The, the, a bit of the fuzz was was there, mm -hmm. and, and and present. And so I did of those two, homage tracks, and um, I I did like I definitely I liked that one better than than the other yep. one. Yeah. Now this was bugging me because I was thinking this sounds like something else. This sounds like something else. What other song is this? And it was sort of on my mind for the first few listens. And it realized it sounds like So Come On, which is the Atomic Bitchwax album off box uh, song off, off box riff, which was a sort of mix of a kind of EP and live thing right. that they put out. Um, so it's like they've taken So Come On, which is a hand clappy fun song and there's links to it in the show notes, a really great film clip of them playing out in some desert somewhere. But then they sort of quatsified it. Um, they gave it a sort of disjointed um, sort of character. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they've kind of built on So Come On and then sort of kind of refined it and... and um, a little. I, I did like the song, um, but I'd prefer to listen to "So Come On" if I had if I had to choose between the two. Uh, um, refresh my memory here. Box riff was between two and three, and it was the transition from. No, Mundell. that was split, split blood. Uh, box box riff was between three and four. Between three and four. Okay. Okay. So it was yeah. Box riff was Finn Ryan. All right. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay. it's Finn Ryan, and he's in the film clip. You can see him standing out right. in the desert, uh, and it's got a really cool sort of breakdown in that song. Great, great fun song. I actually think I looked up the listen listening statistics on Spotify, and so Common was their most popular, I think, on Spotify. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mm. It's good fun, but yeah, yeah. I, I like Middleman too. Don't get me wrong, but. Uh, I thought it was just a kind of reworked version of So Come On, and I preferred So Come On. Right. So Daisy Chain, number seven. Daisy Chain. Mm -hmm. This one felt to me it had the makings of the single. Yep. I don't know if it – I can check that actually right now, if it, if it ever was. Um, but this, this definitely had the feel that um, – of, of the, it had the makings of that. And it was a bit sort of, uh, there was kind of a, a Foo Fighters vibe to it. Um, definitely an accessible song. Yeah. It's got that, uh, it's got a very cool pulsing intro. Um, I actually, the band that came to mind for me, not so much in the sound, but in the tempo and maybe the attitude of the song was Husker Do. Um, maybe that was because the first lyrics of the song are do you remember which is of course when you say that in danish it's husker do um but yeah i 
I really like this one as well. Um, nice attention to detail in the way it's produced, but and there is a big chorus, which is probably not Husker Do like. It's quite a catchy song, but um, and some really nice bass lines throughout, especially in the chorus. Um, yeah, good song, good song. Uh, this song is, I think, this one was one where. Um, the, the production work and if it is in fact it, which i think it is it's they're producing their own album mm. their own work this this song is definitely um evidence that they have gotten much better at what they're doing or at least more intentional or deliberate because this is this is a very well produced track yep uh very clean mm. layered dimensional mm -hmm. um yeah a lot of work went into this track. Yeah, and, some lovely and, little details here and there. Right. Mm. So. Uh, let's go and, with Giant. Yep. This, this so, is definitely old bitch wax. This is old bitch wax. I this one and and even if you watch the the live performance from uh, Asbury Park, it it feels like how this song kind of felt to me was is kind of sort of when you're doing um sound check and you're kind of everybody just sort of running through the instruments and getting a sense of the sound and, and you kind of just find a groove and everybody starts jamming around it and then and then after you're done with it you're just kind of like oh man wonder wonder if we could do something with that song <laughs> and then and then you kind of just sort of move on um this song kind of feels like like that just sort of that that you found that groove and everybody just sort of jumped in and piled on and uh and it it and it just it even feels like that in, in in the live performance so it is it's kind of a it's a cool little groovy song um and and there it is it is it is what it is i agree but the thing is this is i think the one song of this album that still gets played at almost every gig I'm sure it does. It's it seems it's kind of a like you watch them playing it and it's 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 harmless. It probably provides. I mean, I, I would like to see the the set list, but it, it's probably a transition from mm. something to something else. It's a fair bit of work in those cosmic bass runs. I mean, that's this is not an easy song for the bass player. It's sure not. No, and you can you can really when you're see. I mean, he he is definitely working when he's when they're playing this song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all bitch wax. I, this is part of my. Um, this was going to be my overarching criticism of this album when I, you know, after my first couple of listens, like, who is this band now? Are they <laughs> are they embracing who they are now, or are they still holding on to who they were? But then I just thought, I don't care. And by the end of it, I'm like, I'll just take each song on its own and I, I really kind of like um this song is an old bitch whack song and I, I think as you can see in that in that clip it it works well live so um i like it yeah i do i do as well and I, I if i was standing if i was at a live gig this is this would be one like oh they're playing giant i've got to get up and just stand, try and get near chris kosnick and watch him play yes right right get to that left side of the stage <laughs> yeah. um okay so run all right, so yeah, the two, the last two songs are, you know, we've just come out of our old bitch wax. Now we've got two, the two. Well, I'm not counting pawn shop. The two 
sort of remaining proper songs are, are new, new bitchwhack. So, yeah, talk to me about Run. Run, this, okay, so I had already kind of talked about this in the first track when we were talking about Revival, but this is the one where by, when the song came on and the song was over, it was like, okay, this is on my first listen. Mm. I see what's happening here. This is yep. sort of like reflecting back on Daisy Chain, looking back on Middleman, sometimes Wednesday, don't do it right, looking back at all of those the revival. It's just like, okay, they've they've definitely gotten better at this. They've definitely they they've made they've turned this into an art form. I mean, they mm. are they are properly sitting down and and they're, you know, they're they're editing, they're drafting, they're it's these are no longer these are no longer one take songs. They've definitely grown from that. Um, and run was where I finally sort of allowed and accepted and 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 enjoyed where, where this is going. Um, mm. They're they it and they are. We we started by saying only one third of the band remains, but the Atomic Bitchwax is definitely a different Atomic Bitchwax than they were ten years prior when they created the first album. Yep. And it, and I think it's for better to be quite honest with you. I don't know. I really like the first two albums, but I don't know that you could have built a career on that. Mm. And not I mean in and, and not always have remained the side project. Yep. Yeah, no, I really like this song. I mean, you can hear a common theme here that, that I don't think there's been a song I haven't liked yet. Um it's an it's a sort of faster tempo, kind of punky rock almost uh, in the same way that Daisy Chain was. But I'd love the vocal interplay throughout. You know, there's mm -hmm. two vocalists working together throughout the song. Can sing, like, yeah. Damn it! Like the guy can, sing. and you know, I'd love. I've loved. That's what I've loved about listening one album after the other and giving him a couple of weeks is just hearing his evolution as a singer. That guy can sing, and it, it's so nice to hear a talent like that that's just blossomed over this 10-year period that they've been putting out albums. Uh, there's, again, some lovely flourishes and details. As you said, that this is a beautifully produced song. It's a groover. Uh, it ended up, perhaps not initially, but it ended up, ended up being one of my favourite songs on the album. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable song. Yep, I agree. And I, everything mm. we said about track nine, I could say about track ten. Um, the the Mellotron comes back in. Yeah, it, so we're, here we're, uh, we're talking wreck you, wreck you. And I even like the line, "All right, let's fight," because I'll wreck you. Um, <laughs> it's it's just a good. I, this is just a good fun rock song. Yeah, this is a this this one deserves a stadium. I reckon. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Give this, uh, you know. At an Oasis gig, maybe we can just sort of ask Oasis to, to duck off <laughs> to for a moment and, and bring on the Bitchwax for, for this one song. <laughs> and I think it would fit right in. I agree. It just gets, um, yeah. It's, this is my favorite song on the album. I don't know if we've had yours yet. Um, yeah. This is, they, actually, uh, this this is, is my favorite the, song on the album too. Okay. Yeah. Here, This is my sort of the Pinocchio moment where, like, you're not a – you know, you're a real boy now. You're a you're a real band now. You're no longer a jam band. This is this is not only my favorite song off the album. I think it's my favorite song so far. Certainly for for the band. This is their artistic zenith to this point, as far as I'm concerned. 
Um, the lyrics are, are great. Uh, cut off at the knees with a safety pin. You know, the, you know, it's there's it's an emotion. There's some emotion in those lyrics about you know the frustrations that you feel at times being in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Finn Ryan was beautifully understated just what was needed for this song not too showy right. um, i i really like that about finn ryan generally I, I i think he sort of knows what what's needed in a song and and never oversteps the mark um and there's some real value in that in the guitarist um <laughs> And yeah, the the Malatron I, I I thought really added to the song. I I, I love this song. This this is a, a cracking song, and you know this would go on any playlist of mine that I'm putting together for anyone who who wants to know what sort of music I'm into. Really great song. Yep. No, I I agree absolutely. This is if I don't when we get to the end of all of this. Um, this is definitely a song that I will keep coming back to. I don't know if I'll come back to the entire album as a whole, but I'll definitely keep coming back to this song. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> uh, so then we let from those heights, we move on to Pawn Shop. And now this is one of those uh, songs, we spoke about the importance of the R last week. So this is one of those times where the R, you know, pronouncing your R's is important because if I told <laughs> my wife I was just, going down, ducking down to the pawn shop to see, you know, if there's anything interesting. <laughs> She'd be asking some, some serious questions. Uh, whereas you, being an American, you wouldn't have such uh, communication difficulties with this one. Is, I mean, I, is this, I assume the song is, is just exactly as it says. I, I assume that he's recording this on the guitar he got at the pawn shop. Like this yeah, is an ode to this guitar and he's playing it and they wrote a song and they recorded it. Like, I assume it's just that it's exactly that. Um, okay. I, I did like, I like the scratchy style recording. I think, I think that this is definitely a, uh, a, a buried track, a hidden track, a last track. I, I, I like that it's on there. Um, yep. I, you know, I like that it made the album. Uh, it's definitely, definitely not a first track. Definitely not an opening track. But yeah, I, I like I it. I like been, it where it is. I wouldn't have mind. I think I would have preferred it if they'd had that sort of three or four minutes of silence and then maybe just snuck this on at the end. So that uh, surprise hidden. Yeah. 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 When you're almost asleep, you know, listening to some right. music. Oh, hang on. What's this? Um, definitely not a, an album opener, this one. No. Mm. Um, so that brings us to the end of the album we're done with tab four <clears throat> done with tab four time to time to move forward with this i guess yeah three um, weeks long after this one uh, i um i really enjoyed it though um we we probably should do our band brown low and then perhaps um and then go to the overall thoughts give the overall thoughts after that yeah so um Maybe I'll go. I think you went first last time, so I'm happy to, to lead yeah. off this one. Uh, to me, this is uh, Cosmic 3 clearly as the sort of artistic um, sort of driver of the band at this point, and as much for his vocals as his incredible still bass playing. Um, yeah, I, I l- have loved seeing his evolution as an artist. And, um, yeah, I haven't heard, you know, anything better from him to this point. This is great stuff. 
from Kosnick. Um, I'll give the two to Finn Ryan. As I mentioned, um, I, I really like the fact that he never overdoes it. Um, but then, you know, he doesn't underdo it either. He uh, he's, he's a beautiful guitar player. Um, some lovely melodic solos. He's not a, certainly not a shredder, but, um, you know, I don't think this album, I think if you brought back Mundell for this album, you would have been thinking, what? What's this guy doing? Go away. This is uh, this needs Finn Ryan on it. And, um, yeah, lovely. Pantella, I didn't mind. Um, I, I think we've lost a little bit of personality with the departure of Ackerman um, in the drums. Uh, in the rhythm section, but you know he does his job admirably. Um, but yeah, three for Cosmic for me. So as well, I had three for Cosmic. I I, I like the Mellotron. I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy that he brought that in. Yep. Um, I had two for Finn Ryan. I think that the new direction of the band. I do believe he's the driver. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I think. You know, Kosnick has sort of grown as 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 an artist a well as well, and it's sort of alongside Finn Ryan. Um, and then, but I uh, still Kosnick's still going to get my three. I, I like the the bass grooves. I like um, his his melodies, his harmony singing, uh, the Mellotron. And then my one goes to Pantella as well. And first off, here's what I was thinking with Pantella. He is stylistically completely different than Ackerman and be that as it may for better or for worse. But the one thing that he does do is he gives, he has more restraint than Ackerman did. And he yep. definitely, I feel like he brings more breathing room for the other guys mm -hmm. to sort of, to sort of fill in. And so maybe he is necessary to this new direction. So as you said, that Mundell wouldn't fit, in this style maybe ackerman wouldn't either yeah. um maybe ackerman was just too busy for mm -hmm. for what they needed his style his style of playing because they've but the thing is is that so as i say that as i say that pantella comes in and giving them breathing room nothing about this album sounds sparse right no. let's not lose sight of the fact that this is a three-piece mm. i mean this is such a big big sound coming out of a three-piece and 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 there and nothing is Spartan. There's no emptiness anywhere, um, which is I now I know that you were supposed to and and you were supposed to go see them live this summer, mm. and and this album listening to this is just I would I would love to hear how they do this live. Um, I think it would be I I, I would I would love to see them live. Yeah, I'd love to see them live. The, th the problem is I don't think you – I think that's one of the conflicts. You know, we spoke about the conflict between old bitch wax, new bitch wax, and even new, new bitch wax. I think we're starting to see a little bit of a conflict between live bitch wax and album bitch wax because I don't see much of this album in their live performances, uh, unfortunately. Right. Well, so that's interesting. So I wonder if, so I wonder what the director, I mean, we've got, you know, the two full albums left and I'm, and we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but okay. We'll get to that in a second. 
Yeah, but to me, that's a bit of a shame, though. I mean, they almost deny. I've seen them live. You know, I've been sort of trawling through some YouTube footage, and I've seen them. Like Kosnick would say, at one point, I heard him say in a in a recent live gig, "Do you want us to play the slow one or the fast one?" And he said, "Oh, it's a trick question. We don't have any slow ones." And I'm thinking, hang on, I've just listened to an album with three or four really good slow ones, and you know, embrace it. Like you know, you don't have to. This sort of um, macho, uh, we play fast and uh, sort of persona that they've developed as a live act. You know, you don't. If you're going to evolve on your albums, then. Hopefully you can evolve live too. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that would change if I actually went and saw them live. I, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, it seems to be something that internally they, they haven't quite come to terms with. Right, right. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We need another, we need another live album out of them. <laughs> let, that be, let that be the judge. We need, to, we need a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> we need a vaccine. <laughs> Before uh, before June, right? <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I don't either, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Um. So, your thoughts overall? I I I liked it. I enjoyed the album. I my I was by the end. I was pleasantly swayed. Um, yep. to be more open mm -hmm. to what they were doing than I was yep. when I first heard it. Yeah. Now, my, my thoughts on this changed over the three weeks. Initially, I was a little bit frustrated at um, what I thought was them not being able to pick a style and stick with it. Mm -hmm. um, but by the end, I grew to love this album, I think. I, I really enjoyed this album. And I'll, I will come back to this uh, long after the, this podcast series is finished. I'm glad I've had the three weeks to spend with it. It's grown on me. Um, and, yeah, this, you know, I think seeing it in the context of where it's come from, from the previous three albums, has also helped me to appreciate um, that these guys, and, and Chris Kosnick in particular, has had to grow as an artist and to sort of embrace a side of himself that he may have, being reluctant to embrace on the earlier albums. And, right. um, yeah, I, I think of the four, oh, I mean, I love those first two. Um, I'll always like those first two as well as fun, rocking albums, but I think this might be my favourite of the four so far. Yeah. I am um, <sighs> trying to think. I'm I'm torn. I'm actually torn between this one or or the uh, or the or the first one. Okay. I I really do like that first one. All right. Well, at least yeah. But I mean, at least you could leave this one out, out and you're not going to get in trouble from your nieces. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Cosmic. You know, a, another interview I saw with him, he was kind of frustrated that people always love the first album, but we've put out some other good albums and um, I think that's a source of frustration for him too. But um, yeah, I'm always a, I'm never a, I like your old stuff better than you, your new stuff kind of guy. I'm, I'm always the opposite. Um, and I always 
appreciate when bands make the effort to evolve and and I'm, i've seen that a lot on this album and, and you know this sort of puts three in context for me it's like oh that's where they were trying to get to and i think they've almost got there now certainly on yeah. three or four of the songs mm. so thoroughly enjoyed it thoroughly enjoyed it um and I was hoping I was I came out of this thinking now I'd really like something more like this. <sighs> but alas, we're not gonna get it on the next album. So we've got um the next album is one called The Local Fuzz, which is going going to be one 42 minute song with no vocals. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um it might be great. It might be. It might be. So it's just I. I didn't. So in this was not for whatever reason. I was not in my research. I had not. Um, I wasn't aware. I was. I was expecting to. And we talked about this already. I was expecting to move on to to Gravitron, and yep. then you had brought it to my attention that um, I think you a couple days ago actually yeah like, no, no there's actually there's that one in between and so yeah. not knowing of it is sort of like a surprise um where i am curious to hear it i'm not sure if i'm going to be able to spend two weeks with it though no i'm hoping so, we can knock this one out in one week uh to be okay. honest, our, our track yeah. by track is going to be much, much <laughs> it's <was> pretty limited <laughs> so we might we could just look at it like a little bonus episode <laughs> yeah let's treat it that way and, and let's uh you know um circumstances permitting try and get this one uh knocked out in a week because i yeah i don't think i can spend two weeks with one 42 minute song no no i don't uh, i'm not sure that i can either yeah so let's let's aim for that and but to me it's just i just and my my theory is that because of those three crashing waves that i spoke about earlier uh label genre and albums as a whole they just didn't get enough positive feedback, positive reviews and sales to convince them that they were on the right path with this album. And they've said, oh, well, let's just do something else, which to me is a real shame. Um, hopefully they'll come back to this later. And I, In hearing Kosnick interviewed about the, the very new album, I think you know this sort of songcraft that was seen on this album is not something that they're going to throw away i think they will come back to this after they get through the local fuzz hopefully hopefully because uh, mm, i you know i thought they were onto something here with right. uh, with several of the songs on the set yeah i agree do we know who's on so who's on the new album oh I'm, i don't know i think it's the same lineup but um yeah i don't think yeah they haven't changed they didn't change guitarists until just recently, uh, just recently, yeah, twenty like a year ago. So we'll get Finn Ryan. I think we'll get this lineup right through to. Um, uh, so we'll get it through Gravitron and Forcefield, and then we won't hear, we won't have a lineup change until the new album comes out in May. Okay, so we do think. I mean, so the the new guitar players probably. So that could be vastly, vastly different. Could be. Yeah. Hmm. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? All part of the journey. <laughs> All right. 
so that about wraps things up. Um, thanks for listening. Listeners, don't forget to contact us. We did have one uh, contact. Um, there was a, a podcast called uh, The Nine Eight, uh, sort of prog-focused um, podcast um, from out of Australia who reached out to us uh, last week, so I'll put a link to them in the show notes. If that sort of stuff appeals to you, then please seek them out. Uh, you can contact us through our website, unshuffledpod.com, on Twitter, at unshufflepod, uh, and Gmail, unshufflepod at Gmail. Um, so, yeah, please, if you do, if you are listening, wherever you are around the world, please let us know. Um, and also, of course, a big thank you to Small Stone and Seven Planets uh, for allowing us uh, the honour of using such a great track in our uh, opening and, and closing uh, little snippet. Um, you know, we, we really appreciate that. And um, great label, by the way, Small Stone. So if you ever, if you are looking for some new music to listen to in this, you know, while you're hunkered down in your underground lair, then get to the Small Stone website and grab Seven Planets while you're there. Any final thoughts, Scott? Uh, my my copy of Seven Planets is actually on its way. Oh, yeah, nice! It was, it was supposed to be here already. I don't know. It got you know as as things are as things are happening. It got delayed. So vinyl. It'll be, it'll, it'll be here. Yeah, vinyl. And I don't even have a record player here, so I got to wait till I get back to to Jakarta before I can actually listen to any of this. But okay, in time, in time. Yeah, my um <laughs> my sack of uh, bitch wax CDs is. <laughs> Still stuck in some uh, customs officials' office somewhere. Oh, gee, well, uh, if you need, I'll off the when, when we shut this thing down. I can give you my address if you need to send anything here. I yeah, I might have to do that. Well, you know, we can when uh, you know in 2023 when this whole virus <laughs> thing dies down, I can get them off you. <clears throat> anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for uh, sticking with us for another. Uh, long and in-depth talk through uh, what, an album that we both enjoyed. Um, and, yeah, keep listening intentionally. Buy the physical media if you can. The artists would really appreciate it if you can uh, do all of this legally, uh, as we've been doing. Um, and, you know, I think it, this there is something special about grabbing a physical copy and putting it in your putting it on your record player and your CD player and just sitting down and pressing play and putting the phone aside, the laptops, and just listening. Um, and I think, you know, certainly with an album like this, it really paid off. Hmm. I agree. All right. Well, yes, um, thank you, everybody. Uh, and stay safe and stay healthy. Yep. Yeah. All right. Thanks, folks. <laughs>